This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I just want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Uli for you, and you with my program called Body Matters. And today I have got a nice piece that I want to share with you. And the topic is called Going Through Difficult Times. Why do we as Christians go through difficult times? And, you know, often while you are in a trial or while you're going through a storm, it's so difficult. You know, you call out to God, you say, God, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. And so today I just want to share a little bit about you know, why we go through it. And I want to first start off by reading a little bit about Job. So let's look at the life of Job and everything that he endured. Um, And I want to read from, um, read to you from Job 1 and part 2 until um, verse 7. So it's going to be a long reading, but I, I feel this is such a significant piece and it's such a powerful piece of, of, you know, why do we go through what we go? I mean, Job lost everything. So I'm going to start off with reading from Job 1.1. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who reverently feared God and abstained from any shunned evil. And there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed sheep, yoke of oxen, females, donkeys, and so many um, livestock. His sons used to go and feast in the house of each of each on his day and turn, and they invited their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of their festings were over, Job sent for them to purify and hollow them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the numbers of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed or disowned God in their hearts. Thus did Job at all such times. Now there was a day when the sons, the angels of God, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, the adversary and accuser, also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? Then Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and abstains from any shuns of evil? Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have conferred prosperity and happiness upon him in the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon the man himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and there was a day when Job's son and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house on his birthday. And there came a messenger to Job and said, 
The oxen were ploughing and the donkeys feeding besides them. And the Sabines swooped down upon them and took away the animals. Indeed, they have slain the servants with the hedge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there also came another and said, The fire of God has fallen from the heavens and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there also came another and said, The Chaldeans divided into three bands and made a raid upon the camels and have taken them away. Yes, and I have the slain, the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there also came another. Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great whirlwind from the desert and smote the four corners of the house and fell upon the young people, and they are all dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and rent his robe and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Isn't that amazing? Just reading that first chapter, that God, I mean, if I think about Job, never once did he, did he curse God. And let's read chapter two. Again, there was a day when the Son of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, the adversary and the accuser came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and abstains from and shuns all evil? And still he holds fast his integrity, although you moved me against him to destroy him without cause. Then Satan answered the Lord, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has will he give for his life. But put forth your hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse and renounce you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with loathsome and painful sores from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. Let's just think about that for a moment. You know, Job's, if we think about Job's life, Job was a man of integrity. You know, 
And if we think about the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, that was Satan. Satan had to ask God permission to to inflict Job. And when I think about that, you know how powerful that is that God has the ultimate authority and the enemy is defeated. And I just want to leave you with this two chapters that I read, um, the first chapter and just part of the second chapter, that God is ultimately in control of your life and my life. So let's just take a short music break and then we can come back on this topic. Welcome back. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, this is Alana Willyfear with my program called Body Matters. And I have just finished reading the first chapter of Job in the Bible and then part of the second chapter. And that was just to illustrate to you that God has got the ultimate say, not the enemy, not Satan. God has all the authority. So let's go look at why do we go through tough times? You know, sometimes we go through things we don't always understand. We say, God, why are we going through this? And, you know, we live in a fallen world. And this doesn't mean that as Christians we are exempt from bad things happening to us. But we do have Jesus on our side. In him and through him, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You know, things happen in in life for reasons. Sometimes we don't always understand. But the Lord promises that he will be with us in times of trouble. And if I think about Isaiah 43 verse 2, it says, When you go through waters, through deep waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. You see, we have the Lord on our side to help us and carry us through these difficult times. And sometimes the Lord delivers us from unpleasant situations. But mostly God allows us to go through them. So why does God allow us to go through the storms? You know, it's sometimes it's so unpleasant to go through a storm, but you know what? There's always a greater purpose behind it, and therefore we need to trust God. And if I want to read the scripture out of James 1, 2 to 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, when we endure hardships or struggles, it gives us the opportunity to exercise our faith. You know, what's the point of, um, you know, growing in faith? Because God says he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And when I think about perfecting our faith, we need to perfect our faith. And we need, just like children who go um, to school and they need to learn things and they need to go through tests, I believe God puts us also through tests. And sometimes our struggles are there to exercise our faith and put it into practice. You see, we need to grow and become mature in the things of God. And often the Lord uses these opportunities to grow us and see how we will respond to him when things are tough. You know, the more trials we endure and overcome, the more we 
experience God's faithfulness, the more effective we become in future trials and the more we trust him. Because, you know, once we have come through something and we put our trust in him, the next time it becomes so easy. You see, these are opportunities for God to show us that he is faithful and that we have the ability to overcome anything through him. Trials are not from God. I just want to say, testing and trials are not always from God. You know, hardship is not from God, but he will allow us to go through it for our benefit. You see, God works all things out for good. You see, what the enemy intends for evil, God will use it for our good. And that stands in Exodus 50 verse 20. You see, in James, it says we should consider it pure joy when we face trials. And I believe like Job in 5.22, chapter 5.20, we will also be able to get to a point where we can say, you will laugh at destruction and famine and need not fear the wild animals. You know, sometimes we, you know, when we become, when we're still um, very young in our walk with Christ, and we go through trials and we don't really understand what's going on. And the more we experience it, the more we hold on to him, the more we trust him, the more we learn that God is a faithful God. He's true to his word. And, you know, when when you as a as an individual have gone through so many things in life, I know many of us have gone through hardships and a lot of losses and and, you know, been through difficult times. And there's even a scripture in the Bible that says that God will harden you to hard times. You know, when you get to a point where you say, oh, you know, I've done that. I've been there. You know, you don't even fear anymore. And I believe God wants to get us to a point where we can laugh at destruction to come. We can see the enemy for who he is. And, you know, this means that we sometimes become sharp in our discernment and that we can identify, we can start identifying the schemes of the enemy before we actually can become consumed by it. You know, the reality is that it's not always easy, you know, sometimes to be joyful, you know, or laugh during trials. But I've experienced that the Lord himself, you know, even he will encourage us through our tough times and help us to keep the faith. You know, there's times in our lives where things are so tough, we don't have faith, but we can ask God for faith. You know, he will give us faith. He says, faith is a gift from God. It's not something we can produce on our own, but the more we experience it, the more we grow in it, the stronger we are in faith. And faith means to believe, to believe and trust in God, to rely on him in all things. So coming back to being joyful, you know, during difficult times, um, in Nehemiah 8, 10, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, that joy comes from knowing who we are in Christ. And that strengthens us and encourages us to keep going. Because I always wondered, how can joy be your strength? You know, how can, it, how can you have joy in the midst of a storm? Consider it pure joy when you face various trials. And I mean, who wants to be joyful when you're facing trials? 
But I think when you've been through those trials and you know who you belong to and you know that God has helped you through so many times or or been there so many times for you, it becomes easier to experience that joy. You know, sometimes we even go through difficult times because the Lord is disciplining us. You know, discipline normally comes due to disobedience. You know, sometimes we make wrong choices. Like the Lord says, I lay before you life and death. Choose life. You know, none of us are perfect. We all fall short of God's glory. And sometimes we make wrong choices and we can repent. But there are consequences. And, you know, God disciplines us because the Bible says discipline your children or and while they are still young, train up your child in the way they should go. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. And we are God's children and God disciplines us. In Proverbs 3.12, it says, for the father corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Now, the Lord delights in us. He loves us so much that only he knows what we need to experience so that we will choose to come back to him. You know, when it comes to discipline, you know, disciplining our children, I often say, you know, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. God will never condemn us when he disciplines us because condemnation makes us feel shameful, makes us feel like failures. You know, sometimes we often look at our own kids. You know, we can discipline them either to allow them to feel condemned. We put shame on them. And, you know, when we put shame on them, those kids don't want to come back to you. They don't, that you know, you, um, you actually harden their hearts towards you. And there's many people, because I always say, and I know I'm very straight, there's a fine line between discipline and abuse. And we need to understand that, that when God corrects us, he convicts us, he puts that in us to say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, this doesn't feel right. God, I want to come back to you. It brings you closer to God. And just as parents, and I'm, I'm just throwing this in, when we discipline our children, we need to discipline them in a way that will motivate them to want to do what's right, to motivate them to want to come where they can see your heart, that your heart is good and not malicious towards them. And so is Father God, so is Jesus when he disciplines us. He delights in us. He's doing it because his heart towards us is good. And that is when we are convicted um, to draw near to him. So sometimes God does discipline us and, and it's not good. It's not a nice place to be. Um, you know, I can think of many times where you want to do your own thing and God says, well, okay, get to a point where he says, do what you want to do. And when you do it, you realize the consequences And then you go, oh, no, that's not what I want. Sorry, Lord, I want to come back and do what's right. And it says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 12, 11. And I'm just 
I'm just getting stuck a little bit on this topic. And, you know, when I think about, when I think about sin and God disciplining us, you know, if I think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you know, when they sinned, they hid from God. You know, often when we find ourselves in a situation where we have sinned, that we don't want to come into the presence of God, we actually feel ashamed. You know, we, we don't want to pray, we don't want to do Bible study, we don't want to go to church because we ourselves move away from God. But the Lord says he will never leave us nor forsake us. And it says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You know, I just want to say sometimes in your sin, and I'm now I'm a little bit off track of what I'm planned to talk about, but sometimes even in the midst of sin, even while you are practicing it, go to God and say, Lord, I'm sinning and I don't know how to, I don't know how to turn from this. I don't know how to get out of this. You know, we find ourselves call out to God. And and I know that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He will stand before the Lord and say, look, look what your child is doing. But if you can plead guilty, if you can confess, if you can turn and say, Lord, I'm sinning, even while I'm talking to you, I'm in the midst of, of, of sinning. I am a sinner. God will help you. He will help you. He will discipline you. He will, he will draw you closer to him. And, you know, God says he will never disappoint those who call upon his name. So call upon his name. You know, sometimes we even find ourselves, as I said, in difficult circumstances due to sin. You know, there had been times in the Bible where God, you know, sometimes handed men over to their own sin so that they would return to him eventually. You know, if we are constantly hard-headed, you know, I know that sometimes God does discipline us, but then we still go back and we still go and do the same thing over and over and over again. But there have been times where God handed men over to their own sin so that they would eventually turn back to him. And I want to just read from 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5, that says, and it says, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. And there's another scripture in 1 Timothy 1, 19 to 20 that says, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people deliberately violate their conscience. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. And it says, Herminius and Alexander are two examples. I sought them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God. And I believe that, you know, God gives us many chances to repent and to turn from sin. And even though it might seem severe, you know, if I read these scriptures, it seems so severe to be handed over, you know, to to Satan, but God's ultimate intention is still good. I mean, if you think about it, so that they may turn to God, you know, so sometimes God allows us, you know, our own sin causes trouble in our lives. 
You know, sometimes we are bearing the consequences of disobedience. You know, we're facing things in our lives because we didn't obey God. And we, we can't understand why, why we are struggling so much. And sometimes God allows you to go through that so that you can turn back to him because he loves us. He's, he's, he is still working. You see, God is still working his good purpose in us because he loves us. His heart is for none of us to perish, but to have eternal life. Everything that God allows us to go through, even if it may seem bad at the time, he does it for the main purpose to save our souls. You see, if we ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and he will forgive us of our sins. And he takes it from us as far as the east is from the west and he remembers it no longer. You know, we need to turn from our sin. And, you know, sometimes it's so difficult. But our own, we bring, we our own worst enemy. You know, sometimes, as I read now in Job, and we bring Job into it, you know, God, at the end of the day, has the ultimate say. Satan has actually no right or power or authority of our lives. Only that which we give him. Only that where we open doors um, you know, for him. And so, yeah, so if we think of Psalm 103, and if, I, if you read that psalm, it's such a beautiful psalm. It says, praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, that God heals all our diseases. He renews our strength like that of an eagle. God's heart is always good. So long as we are calling out to him, so long as we are praying, so long as we are seeking him um, with everything that we have inside of us. So let's just take a, a short music break and then we'll continue with God will never put me and you through more than we can handle. If you've just tuned in right now, this is Alana Olifi with Body Matters. And I have just been talking about why do we go through difficult times as Christians? Why do we sometimes find ourselves in the midst of a storm or things are not going right? And there are so many reasons. You know, sometimes God allows us to go through trials to strengthen our faith. Um, sometimes it's our own um, consequences of sin that, that we go through difficult times. And God allows us to 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 go through that so that we'll turn back to him but at the end of the day God's heart is always good God will discipline us and discipline is not always easy at the time and it's God's heart for us that our souls will be saved at the end of the day as I said that none of us will be lost all will be saved and even as I read earlier on I read Job chapter 1 and part of chapter 2 where you can see that the enemy has actually no power, only the power that we give him. So God will never put us through something that we are not able to bear. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so that you can endure it. You see, as Christians, we are continuously in a battle 
between good and evil. The devil is out to deceive and tempt us. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, every day we are faced with decisions. We are told not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be obedient to the word of God. And I believe that this is the narrow road because we are going against the ways of the world. It's so easy to do what's wrong. And it's so hard to actually make the right choices at times. But I think the closer you walk with God, the more sensitive you are to sin. I think someone said that the other day, the the closer you walk with God, the more sensitive you are when you step in sin, when you step out of his ways. And I know many of you, when you know, when you're walking with God, you have peace. The minute you step out, there's turmoil. I don't know if any of you, and I mean, even myself, where you have fallen into sin, when you know, as you know, as you know, you have now done something you shouldn't have done. And when the enemy comes and he accuses you, there's torment. It's always torment. It feels like, like you just cannot get away from that torment. And you want to run to God and you want to say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I messed up. And that is sometimes when we step out of God's will, the enemy comes, he accuses you and he torments you. But the minute you step back onto that narrow road and you get back into the will of God and you repent, you know, that peace that surpasses all understanding, God's your heart and mind. And if I think of Job 16.33, it says, the Lord says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, when we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us, you know, we have got everything to overcome the world. You know, he who is within us is greater than he who is within the world. And you know that Jesus said that he had, that as he suffered on this earth, so we will, as Christians, will also suffer. We'll suffer for our faith. You know, we are confronted daily, as I said, with choices, good or bad, you know, obedient, disobedient. And it's our choices that will either lead us, as I said, on the narrow road or the road, the wide road, the ways of the world. And in Timothy 3.12, it says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. You know, as Christians, it's not an easy road. It's not easy to stand and do what's right at times. It's not easy to um, stand for what you believe when so many things are going on around us and so many people have been deceived and we have to guard our hearts. It says in, in Revelations that even the elite will be deceived and we need to be able to stand for what we believe. And it says we will go through trials and tribulations, but as we keep our minds fixed on him, 
He will give us the supernatural peace and strength to endure. You know, without Christ, we cannot do anything. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Without God, we cannot even have faith. Without Him, we don't have salvation. Without Him, we are absolutely lost. Without the Spirit of God in us. You know, as Christians, we need to know that we are fighting a battle for eternity. Our mission as Christians is to establish heaven on earth. And the enemy will do anything to resist God's purpose in our lives. You know that the enemy knows the minute you're born, me and you're born, we have authority over him. He knows when the minute we have the Holy Spirit inside of him, inside of us, you know, that we are greater than him. You know, the, that spirit fights spirit. You know, that we, we are in a spiritual battle. Our weapons are not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities of evil. And if we are in a spiritual realm, whether enemies in a spiritual realm, if we don't have the Spirit of God in us, we cannot fight a spiritual battle. So thank God that He who is within us is greater than He who is in the world. And you know, our mission, as I said, is to establish heaven on earth. And we have a purpose, we have authority that the enemy doesn't have. And he will keep us ignorant of who we are in Christ, our identities and our authorities. And in Matthew 16, I just want to read um, from 16, 24 to 26, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the, his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You see, this life we are living in now is just a shadow of the real life that we'll have in heaven one day. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy comparing with the glory that will be revealed. You know, our time on earth as Christians is so short compared to the time that we will live in eternity. And in 2 Corinthians 4.17 it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of them. You know, if we can fight the good fight while we are here, when if we can stand for God and take the narrow road, you know, where we can face our um, all kinds of trials and persecutions and yet still overcome because we are more than overcomers with Christ Jesus. You know, what we are facing now on this earth, sadness, sickness, you know, there is no sickness in heaven. No one's sad, no one's depressed, nothing. But if we can fight the good fight while we're here, fight the fight for him and be ambassadors for him, helping other Christians, you know, to fulfill their calling, to walk in their purpose, to get saved. That is our calling because for now it sounds like or it feels like we're going through storms and we're facing many things in our lives. 
But at the end of the day, all of this, all of this will soon pass. It says this earth will pass, but the word of God will not pass. You see, our reward is eternal life with Jesus Christ. We will experience peace, no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no sickness, but just being in the presence of God our Father. And Isaiah 65, 17 to 19 says, Look, I'm creating new heaven and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. You know, we look at, as Christians, when we look around us and we see how much sadness, war, destruction, famine we have faced. People are dying. Loved ones are dying. You know, we are, people are losing their jobs. People don't have food. Life is, is hard. It's a struggle. But then think about it. Think about it. This earth will fade. This is all temporary. One day we will rejoice with God and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. You see, if the Lord never died on the cross or, raised, or was raised again, our faith in Christ would all be in vain. What hope would there be for us on this earth? But praise God that because we believe in him, we are more than overcomers. And I just want to end off with this last verse. And it says in 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Putting our faith in Jesus Christ. That's all. And today I just want to pray. I want to end my program off, um, you know, with praying, praying for you. I know that many of you might be listening to it and, you know, you might be going through a difficult time. You might have lost your job. You might be being diagnosed with some sickness. You might be, you know, in the midst of sin, you know, caught up in things that you don't want to be caught up in and you just are struggling. You're struggling to, to break free from it. I want to pray for you today. And I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus Lord and God over your life. So won't you just close your eyes wherever you are. And if you are sick, just put your hand, lay your hand on that part of your body. Because I want to pray for you today. Father God, I pray for every single person who is listening to my voice today. I thank you for their lives. Father, you know every single thing that they are going through at the moment. You know their hearts. You know their cry for help. Father, some of them have been calling out to you. Some of them are in the midst of a storm and they don't know what to do. Some need to make decisions. Others need a breakthrough, Father. And some are so down and depressed, God, they cannot even get out of bed this morning or 
you Lord you know them you know everything and I pray father that you will send your word and yield them father God and that deliver them from destruction yield every part of their body where they are laying their hands on now father I speak life and healing over that part of their bodies in Jesus name father I pray for breakthrough in the areas they need breakthrough father and for those Lord who are struggling with addictions who are in the midst of sin father your word says that if we repent if we call out to you you are just to forgive us of our sins and remember it no longer father I pray that they will turn to you they will call out to you and that you will hear their prayers that you'll deliver them from the hands of the enemy that you'll break every addiction father God everyone's sins that the things that they're battling with God that they will no longer battle with father God but that you will do a miraculous um, healing over them father that you will intervene in their situations that you'll provide for them that you will help them that you'll give them the answers that they are looking for Lord where they are at crossroads Lord what do I do do I take this or do I do that father God make that decision so clear give them clarification father that they will make the right choices make their feet assure us of a dear father God help them Lord help them deliver them from the hands of the enemy thank you Lord that you're a good God thank you Jesus and for those of you who just want to recommit your life to the Lord or just want to give your life to the Lord for the first time just repeat after me father God forgive me of my sins I am a sinner wash me clean father I want to make you Lord and God over my life I surrender my life to you fill me with your Holy Spirit baptize me with your fire cleanse me use me and thank you for being Lord and God over my life in Jesus name Amen if you prayed that prayer, just believe. Believe today that you are a child of the living God. There's nothing that you can do. God will do the work in you. Call out to him. Call out to him. Go to church. Get a Bible. Just start reading. Just ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to help you. And God will make a way for you. He will answer you. He will help you in whatever situation that you are in. He will never fail you. So Lord, I thank you for each and every person. Thank you that today is the day of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you so much for tuning into my program. And I really hope that you had a bit of clarification of, you know, why we go through difficult times. And even as Christians, we will always face temptation, we'll always face trials. 
And that is part of who we are because if God said he faced so much persecution, so won't his children. But we are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. Just remember that. And so I'll see you again next Saturday at the same time. From me, Alana Willie, for you, have a blessed week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.